This is Andrea. Connie's here. And we've just been wondering about all things church or theology or discipleship or Jesus. In 20 minutes or less. This This is Just Wondering. Well, Connie, you're getting me excited. I don't know. Peter might have been my last pick. And I think discipleship goes deeper than that. That Jesus could sign. Really? Like, I just rose from the dead and like you're still on that. I thought we had moved past this by now. Today, we're just wondering about Cornelius and Peter and the blanket picnic that dropped from heaven and changed the course of the gospel. Come wonder with us. I was touched again just reading this story. What a cool story it is. Mm-hmm. Like, Our God is moving and active at various times and in various places at the same time. And the same God who was doing that then is the same God who is still doing this now. Anyway, yes, it's a great story. So so Cornelius is is just wondering now what in the world is going on. And keep in mind, he is the captain of the Italian Guard. So this is not a man who's going to be spooked or taken in yeah he's He's got his wits about him he does he and all of his family were devout and god-fearing and Mm -hmm. he gave generously to those in need yep yep. and he prayed regularly like and had the habit of prayer yeah Mm -hmm. multiple times in this story it tells us that he that he gave to the poor yeah because it even says later oh the angel talking to cornelius in verse four says your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial before God. If if ever there was a story that reminds us that God wants us to be remembering the poor always, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like this is one of the things that almost counted toward him as a righteousness. Uh, so then Cornelius acts on what the angel has told him. Yeah. And uh, tells him to send men to, to Joppa to get Simon, mm-hmm. the, one, the one that... Everyone calls Peter. Now, why does the angel insist on calling him Simon when <laughs> when everybody calls him Peter? And he's uh, can we just point out, especially because he's staying with a guy named Simon the Tanner, right? So why not just right? <laughs> okay, angel, like, why, you why could be, just say Peter. Why be more confusing? <laughs> Simon called Peter, who was staying with Simon, the not Tanner. that Simon. We want you to take this other Simon. <laughs> And so, uh, so Cornelius does this. He he gets two servants and uh, and a particularly devout soldier. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So, does this reflect that Cornelius is sharing his faith with the people, with the, the men his, under his command? Yeah. Well, and we know that since, like you said, he was a good man. He was a well-respected man. It says even later in this passage, all the Jews respect him. Mm-hmm. I imagine mm-hmm. his soldiers do as well Yeah, yeah. because he is a good man, because right. of, of these practices. So so, yeah. uh, so he sends them to Joppa to, to go get Peter. Yeah. And meanwhile, it's like while yes, they're on their right, way, right. Now, God has worked in Cornelius' yeah. life. Cornelius has acted, and they're in the process. Yep. And meanwhile, now the camera shifts. Yes, and God, it's time for God to work on Peter. Right. And so, what's going on with Peter? Um, he's going up to the roof to pray, and it says that he's hungry. So while he's waiting for the meal to be prepared, he goes up to the roof to pray, and he sees heaven opening up, and something like a large sheet being led down to earth by its four corners, and it contains all sorts of 
Well, what, what this scripture says is four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. So basically, all of the animals that were unclean according to Jewish law, mm-hmm. that's what was on this sheet. All the things that we can read about back in you know, Exodus and Leviticus when God is giving the people the law, mm-hmm. we can read that it says, do not eat these kinds of animals mm-hmm. and these kinds of animals. Well, it's exactly those kinds of animals that Peter sees on this sheet. Mm-hmm. And he hears a voice that tells him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Mm-hmm. And Peter's like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. Lord, this stuff's not kosher. Right? <laughs> can't do this. Yeah, yeah. Which, now, here's another interesting point. Mm. The fact that Peter's concerned with it being kosher. Yeah. So he's not totally thrown off his Jewish heritage. Right. He's still concerned about it being kosher. Right. He is very much a follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. a believer in Jesus, but he is also very much a Jewish man right? who is still following the Jewish law. Right. So the NIV says do, that after Peter's like, uh, surely not, Lord, I've never eaten anything impure or unclean, which I feel like in my translation, that'd be Peter going, dude, no, yeah. I, can't, I can't do that. <laughs> And it says, when the voice spoke to him a second time, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Your message translation, if God says it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. Isn't that nice? Don't call anything impure that God has made clean. And I love this because God, like, legit said that these were not clean hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Right. Which is why Peter's going, wait a second, wait, wait a second, what are you? What do you mean don't say that this is impure if God has said it's clean because I thought God said this was unclean. But it's like, hey, Peter, guess what? God is doing a new thing. We know that's what was said. We know those the old ways, but God is doing something new. And the Bible tells us that this trance, this whole like uh, little exchange here of the sheet and the back and forth happened three more times. Interesting, yeah. All throughout Jewish scripture, we see it a lot in Revelation too, like three represents perfection. It represents holiness. We see it in the Trinity. There is a holiness about the number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Peter is just, he's just puzzled. Yeah. I mean, he's, he. so he's just sitting there trying to figure out what it means. Mm-hmm. And who shows up? The men that Cornelius has sent. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love this because they're standing at the gate, right? At the gate mm-hmm. to Simon the Tanner's house. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Peter is still on the roof wondering about this vision. Right, right. So as these men, they don't come in the gate. They kind of call out. I imagine that Peter might have even been able to hear them from the roof. I would think, um, yeah. And just a few chapters before this is where we start reading about the persecution of these new Mm -hmm. followers of Mm -hmm. Jesus. And so I think it's really interesting that these men are calling out from the gate. Peter is on the roof. And while Peter is thinking about the vision, the spirit comes to him and says, hey, Peter. Mm -hmm. Actually, the spirit calls him Simon, according. (laughs) I mean, Jesus changed his name, but whatever. Um, Simon, three men are looking for you. Get up, go downstairs. Don't hesitate to go with them because I have sent them. Mm -hmm. So like this could have been a moment where these three guys who are clearly not Jewish are at the gate calling after Peter. Peter knows about the persecution happening. Mm -hmm. It could have been a thing where he's like, oh, good thing I'm on the roof. I'm going to hide. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to, I mean, I don't know if that. Well, remember one of them's a soldier. That's right. So he's going to look down there and and see a man in uniform. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just, I think that's just really merciful of God to be like, hey, Peter, don't worry about this. I've sent them. It's going to be okay. You need to go with them. Now, I love this in the message. Uh, the spirit whispers to him, tells tells him all that that you've said. Mm-hmm. And, and then Peterson includes, don't ask any questions. Oh, interesting. Now, why would we tell Peter <laughs> not to ask any questions? Because <laughs> Peter's all- Questions everything <laughs> always, but okay. he goes. But he goes down to them, and so Connie in verse twenty one. Yep. In the NIV, Peter says, "I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where I was going. To, that's where I was going. It, it, Peterson says it this way in the message. I think I'm the man you're looking for. What's up? <laughs> so, Peter, don't ask any questions. And what's the first thing he does? <laughs> Ask a question. Tell me why you're here. Good job, Peter. Way to go, dude. This is Peter. This uh, is the Peter we know and love. Yeah. He's, yeah. Oh, we're so like him. We are so <laughs> I, like him. Listen, the more I read this story and I just read about Peter, I really like the guy. Mm-hmm. I think we are a lot like him mm-hmm. for all of his greatest <laughs> things and his worst moments. Yeah. He is just so human. Yes. And yes. so real. And I really love this guy. And you think, you know, the writers of these passages when they write about Peter, how they must have loved him. Yeah. Because of the way they write about him and, and write with such truth and clarity. And you, and you just wonder, so, uh, so you, you think, you know, Peter, like Peter didn't have the final edit on this stuff (laughs) is what I'm getting at. Right. In a slow way. Guys, that makes me look really bad. Can you like adjust that line just to make it seem like I didn't ask any questions? Take that question out of there. (laughs) Take that question out of it. <laughs> right. Anyway, so uh, so they say, they tell him, hey, Captain Cornelius, uh, who is a, a God-fearing uh, person, a man, sent us to you. An angel told us to come get you and, and bring you to his house um, so we could hear what you had to say. Right. And then, and then they stay. They spend the night. Mm-hmm. And the next morning they get up, and some of his friends from Joppa, so it's not just Peter. Yeah, I never realized that, that it's Peter mm-hmm. and some other believers. Mm-hmm. They they went along. Mm-hmm. When we finished the rest of the story, I think there was a real, uh, that was good. I think that was a really important mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. I just never really caught that before. I just thought Peter went with these guys. Yep. Um, but no, it says that other believers from Joppa went along, and Cornelius knew they were coming, so he gathered up his relatives yep. and his friends. Yep. Yep. Connie, verses 25 and 26 just endear me to Peter so much Mm -hmm. because the scripture says that as Peter enters the house, Cornelius meets him and fell at his feet in reverence. Mm -hmm. And Peter says, stand up. I am only a man myself. Mm -hmm. I want to come back to that when we get, when we get to this point, but especially these days where we see so many people in spiritual authority who don't have that kind of character Mm -hmm. who have made it all about themselves Mm -hmm. um who do you know we kind of buy our own celebrity status sometimes and we Mm -hmm. think man we're kind of a big deal and Mm -hmm. peter's like it is not me who's the big deal don't worship me i am just a man get up i love that yeah i do i do too and it's such a good word for those of us in ministry yeah in so many ways andrea we have so much power that we can so easily abuse how we can let it begin to affect 
how we see ourselves. Oh, absolutely. And especially for those of us who are in any sort of habit of leading worship, I think. Mm -hmm. When we stand up in front of a large group of people on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. and we know the words that come out of our mouth or the things that we do hold authority Mm -hmm. in this organization Mm -hmm. and for those people. It's a lot of power for better or worse. Mm And if we're developing our character, if we are staying grounded in the spirit, then then hopefully everything we do is for better and not for worse. Mm-hmm. But we could have those kind of platforms, that kind of authority, that kind of power, and we could use it for our own gain. We Absolutely. could, like you said, start to believe our own hype. And and we see those abuses. Yeah. That, that's the reason on our performance reviews uh-huh. here, you remember we have a question about accountability. But it's because being held accountable helps us stay emotionally, spiritually healthy. Yes. Or healthier. Yes. Than, than if we have no accountability to anybody. Right. Because when we don't have that spiritual and emotional health, mm-hmm. that's when we get into manipulation. That's when we get into narcissism. That's when we get into abuses of power. Yes. This is the first church I've ever been at that actually asked that question, by the way. Mm. So. Well, and... And I'm sure there are others. I'm not, I, we didn't invent it. Well, I, <laughs> we didn't invent it. Connie, I am giving you a compliment, okay? <laughs> Just take the compliment. Well, thank you, You're Andrea. You're doing good. <laughs> but we didn't invent it. I am simply a woman just like you. No different. Uh, <laughs> Get up, Andrea. Get up. So, okay, so they're talking things over and they go in the house. Cornelius has called folks in to, to gather there. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's like the group continues to grow right constantly. We've got the group of three that went to get Peter. Mm-hmm. Then we've got the group of three with Peter and a few other believers that Peter brought with them. Mm-hmm. And now we've got Cornelius and however many. His household plus yes, whomever else. Friends and relatives. He's invited to come in. Yeah. And then Peter speaks to them. And this then becomes the core theological change that is so pivotal in the gospel. Yes. For Women like you and me. Absolutely. <laughs> Peter says, you know that it's against our Jewish law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So Peter was still wondering about this, mm-hmm. you know, sheet vision that mm-hmm. he had seen in the trance, even once these guys approached mm-hmm. And I imagine he's been mulling it over and pondering it for this whole time as he invited those guys into his house, as he's journeying with them. And he's like, okay, God, I get it. And then he goes, so like, why did you send for me? Why am I here? Mm -hmm. And then Cornelius tells him. Yeah, he tells him the story, recounts Mm -hmm. it. And basically it's why, you know, it's because of the angel and that's why he sends for Peter. Yeah. Uh, And even tells him where he's staying. And so, so Cornelius said, so I did it. I yeah. said for you. So I did, what he, I did what the angel said to do. And you've been good enough to come. And so now here we all are in God's presence, ready to listen to whatever the master put in your heart to tell us. Mm-hmm. So we're all here in God's presence. Was this a first? Here are Jew and Gentile together. In the presence of God, and they and they all acknowledge that. I think it's quite a moment, really, in yeah. Scripture for yeah. us. So the message says it this way, and mm. this is the Peter we know and love. Peter fairly exploded <laughs> with, with his good news. 
and tells them, this is God's truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are, where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as as God says, the door is open. Listen, Connie, there are so many implications for that. Even now, Peter says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Peter's hung out with Jesus for over, you know, for three years. Mm -hmm. He's been doing the ministry even after Jesus rose again. And he's going, I now realize Mm -hmm. that God isn't only working through the Jews, Mm -hmm. that God doesn't show favoritism, but that God is working through everyone. So one could look back at the beginning of the story and you could ask, so does, does God just change God's mind? Or is it God helps us understand what we are capable of receiving in terms of revelation Mm. in a progressive kind of way? The whole idea of progressive revelation Mm -hmm. is that God is continuing to reveal God's self to us Mm -hmm. throughout the course of history and throughout the course of our lifetime. Mm -hmm. It's not that God just said this once and nothing ever changes and nothing ever... God, God is not a static character mm-hmm. in this in, in the unfolding of the world. Mm-hmm. Not only does God give us what we can understand and win, but sometimes we think we've understood God and we haven't because we don't have the capacity to really understand what God is actually saying. So we interpret this through our own lens, through our own culture, in our own time. Mm-hmm. And as times and cultures and lenses change, God is able to show us more of the truth of who God is. Because we are able to see it. Progressive revelation. This is my own experience. I I grew up, learned things one way, went to college, kind of shuffled some things around. I went to seminary, and oh my goodness, shuffled a lot of things around. (laughs) (laughs) We talk about the deconstruction and the reconstruction. Yes. That happens in seminary. Yeah. And then it has been a shuffling of things all the rest of my life. And the, the longer look at life that I have the opportunity to have, uh, that's true for, for what I read in Scripture and how I read it. Right. It's a, it's a longer, richer look. Right. Well, and, you know, when we look at this story, so Cornelius says, we're here, we're ready to listen. So Peter basically lays out the gospel for them, tells them all about Jesus and, right. you know, what he did and how the prophets have been testifying about him for a long time. Verse 44 says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Those other believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. Mm -hmm. So like, Mm -hmm. this is why Peter grabbed a few other believers and came with them because there were witnesses to this moment where God's spirit was poured out on people who were not Jews, who were not following the Jewish law, where God's spirit opened up and they saw the evidence, the exact same evidence that they found for the first time on Pentecost Sunday And then Peter looks around and says, surely no one can stand in the way of these guys being baptized with water, right? Surely all of us who are believers who are watching this, we see that this is the evidence of God. Surely there's there's none of us who could say there's a reason for them not to get baptized, right? And there wasn't because they saw that evidence. And, And what you are saying, Connie, as you talk about 
these things being shuffled and your eyes being more opened as you go along your way. When we are connected to the Spirit of God, we begin to see the Spirit of God, and we begin to see God's work and the fruit of God's movement in the lives of people that maybe we never thought we could. Oh, absolutely. You know, our own journey, probably even as women in ministry, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure we both grow up with at least one person telling us that we couldn't be in ministry because we were women. Mm -hmm. But then I've had people say, I see the work of God in you. I see the spirit of God moving in you and God is using you. And it opens up a new definition of, well, what does it mean to be a minister? Mm-hmm. What, what do these verses mean when they, when Paul said in this one time that it could only be men, but Paul said here that the spirit of God sees no gender, mm-hmm. that there's no difference in male or female. Mm-hmm. And whereas at one time I believed that women couldn't be in ministry, that has changed. Mm-hmm. There are other ch- there are other changes theologically too. Right. As I see the presence of God moving and working in people and in ways that I I used to think couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't even realize I was limiting God until I saw this new way mm-hmm. and had to reckon with, oh, oh, I'm not sure I ever realized that that, that could be a possibility before, but I see the evidence of God in that. Andrew, uh, some know that we recently took a spiritual pilgrimage to the Amana colonies. Yeah. And the point of the spiritual part of the pilgrimage was to focus on community and understand community. So in the Amana colonies, there's a trifecta of Christian tradition that people often lump together, and they are three very separate traditions. Okay. The Amish, Mennonites, mm-hmm. and the Amana people. So on, on the Friday evening, we experienced life with the Amish. And on Saturday, we spent time in community with the Mennonite pastor and heard from her. And then on Sunday, we worshipped with the Amana people. And then we got to meet with some of their elders— Men and women following the worship service. Connie, this already sounds more, I guess I would say, progressive than I was anticipating because you mentioned that the Mennonite pastor is a woman. Yes. You mentioned that the Amana church has elders who are both men and women. Yes. This is not what I would have initially expected when you told me about the Amish and the Mennonite and the Amana. Well, and let me really blow your mind. Okay. (laughs) Because about a year ago... This specific Mennonite church became welcoming and affirming. They went through a similar kind of process as we did with baptism, yeah. but at the end of their process, they voted to become a welcoming and affirming congregation. Which is the lingo for churches who mm-hmm. accept those in the LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. community. Right. They don't say it's a sin. They don't say there's anything wrong with you. They say you are full people and we affirm you and we want you to come be a part of our church. That's right. That's our lingo. Yeah, yeah, I just had a conversation yeah. with someone the other day who didn't know what oh, that's good open and affirming or welcome yeah, and affirming. Yeah, that's meant. good. On Sunday morning at the Amana church, which is like about a 500 year old tradition. Okay. The Amana people are, yeah. they are welcoming and affirming. They are too. Yes. <laughs> yes. They, they had had a same sex couple ask for marriage Okay. That's part of the Amana community. Uh-huh. And so the elders had taken this in into a time of discernment and they discerned that they should do this. And you don't expect 
this 500-year-old tradition <laughs> right, <laughs> from Germany. <laughs> right, And then all of a sudden, here we are in the middle of the United States in the year 2021, and these Amana people who have gone from horse and buggy to this thoroughly modern church with electricity and cars and and they're open and affirming. And here they are. So again, I, th- I look at this story with Peter and Cornelius, and, and I have to ask myself, and not just about LBGTQ+, about poverty, about racism, about sexism, and I think, so do I or do I not think that I have the ability to get to know God and God's ways better and it will continue to make changes in my life as it has for the first few decades yeah. of my life. The fact is, if we think we've got it all figured out, if we have not heard or learned anything new from or about God in a very long time, mm-hmm. then we're not listening because yeah. God does not stop. Yeah. God is active and not static. God is constantly revealing things, revealing God's self and opening us up to that. And so if we ever get to a point where we think, well, I know what I believe and it's this and that never has to change and I'm good. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're, missing, we're missing something. I don't ever want to be the kind of person who has so decided what is right and what is wrong. Like Peter was, I know what is unclean and I know what is clean and I don't eat that unclean stuff. I don't want to ever be the person that has so decided that I know this is good and this is bad or right and wrong that we're missing what God is actually doing. If Peter had had decided, no, this is unclean, I can't be a part of it, he would not have witnessed what God was doing. Because the fact is, God was going to do it whether Peter was there or not. That's right. God's best choice was for Cornelius to go get Peter and to let Peter be the one. But if Peter had refused, it's just like we talked about with Esther last week. Mm-hmm. If Peter had refused, salvation would have come to Cornelius' house by some other means because God was working Mm -hmm. in Cornelius' family. Mm -hmm. Peter was blessed to say yes, to be a part of it, even though it blew his mind. Which makes Peter all the more admirable and lovable. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, (laughs) I like him better all the time. And I think think here's where we come to. Okay. It's it's in the words of Cornelius. Okay. uh, In the message... And now we're all here in God's presence, ready to listen. Are there things that you're just wondering about? Connie and I would love to hear from you. Send us an email with your thoughts and we'd be happy to talk about it on the podcast. We're grateful to Charles Smith for helping us record these episodes and to Hook Sounds for allowing us to download this music titled Save the World.